The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Well, well, beam me up. It is Tuesday, March 1st. Thank you for joining us on a TCT Talking Cowboys Tuesday. And I'm joined by <laughs> my guys that are always here uh, in the studio. Minus one. I, Rob P. Island, the island boy himself, is in the building. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up. And... Uh, <laughs> The guy that always remind the, reminds us that we are built like busted bags of biscuits. <laughs> Isaiah Standback, champ. What's up? What's up with you, man? You good? I'm good. That's great alliteration. I love that. Yeah. Busted well, bags of biscuits. This is how I feel right now. I mean, I mean, he comes in here with a new muscle. Yeah. He comes in here with a new muscle every week. You know, I don't, I've never met anybody that just, hey, is that a new muscle? Is it ear, muscle in his earlobe? He has it covered up. You know, it's, I don't know. Sure, so tired. I off did season. too many push-ups this morning. Off I'll tell you, what was that? You had a... Uh, uh, soccer jersey on the other day, a bright yellow soccer soccer jersey, uh-huh. and I was like, "Come on, dog, give us a chance." Give us a chance. <laughs> I covered up the bright shirt today. Though. Come on, man, yeah, different bright shirt on the day, but I covered it up. <laughs> but so he get he puts the the cover up over the. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, man, give us a shot here. But guys, I am so. Uh, Thankful to be able to host today in Kyle Yeoman's absence. He is down in Indy covering the combine. How and, dare him? You know. With his pinky in the air, answer, mm. asking questions, the big questions. They had the draft show mm. uh, at 10 o'clock, which was awesome. Uh, I believe Dane Brugler was on. Am I correct there, Christopher Beam, in the back on the ones and twos? I, I don't know. It hasn't been posted yet. Okay, oh, good deal. doing it from there. So. My bad, my bad, my bad. It's going to be posted later. So just yeah. stand. It'll be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. So get to listen to all of them. As yeah. we speak, I think Kyle is at the podium listening to Mike McCarthy address Ooh. the media for the first time in six weeks. And Big Mike's just... Breaking news on us right now, you know? Fire, son. Gosh. Man, it's uh, the offseason is in full effect. We got so much stuff going on, and obviously the Cowboys are not going to be without controversy, which we have had. But on Monday, Stephen Jones had an opportunity to stand up in front of the media and address some concerns. And so I'm going to start with you, uh, Rob. He said some very interesting things about the future of the Dallas Cowboys, and obviously with the mind state being that the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl going all in and mortgaging off their future, mm. it did not sound as though Stephen Jones was in that vein. He sounded like someone that is uh, going to be very physically conservative about putting this uh, roster together for 2022. What were your takes on the interview? You're exactly right, and I've been writing this in the last couple weeks when everybody's talking about the draft and free agency, just – Get ready. Prepare yourself. They're not going to spend a bunch of money. They're, and he even said it yesterday to the media, like, we're going to try. We, we want to re-sign a lot of guys, our guys and probably do some restructures, most likely Dak Prescott, and find some space to get all this stuff done that they want to get done. But th- this is the way they operate. They're going to they, – they, they have their top-end guys on the roster to long-term deals, and they try to fill in the back with one-year contracts and draft well. That's that's exactly what they're going to do, especially this year with the cap crunch that that they've gotten. And Stephen spoke to that once again yesterday. So Isaiah, I want you to kind of decode that. You got a little, you got a, you got a little quick synopsis of the interview. But here's the thing that that I was really kind of uh, taken aback about, and that was his, I guess, staying committed to not com- commenting on Amari Cooper. Mm. And he just wouldn't talk about it. And we have a deadline of March the 22nd, I believe, once that money becomes guaranteed. So a decision has to be made by then. And Clarence Hill tried to take him to task on answering that question, but he wouldn't. How do you feel about that? Being that, obviously, we know that Coop is a number one receiver in this league. You're going to need a number one receiver. Uh, we know how good Coop, Coop is making Dak. Just what are your feelings about that as a player? Do you believe that he is sending a message to this locker room? Is he sending a message to guys like Tank that he will not comment on what's the future for these guys? 
I don't know what he's doing. I don't think anybody ever knows what the Cowboys are doing in that regard. I don't think that he's trying to send a com, uh, send, send a, some, some form of a hidden message to those guys, but I do think that he is giving, he's hinting towards what they may be thinking in regards to Amari Cooper and their lack of commitment to Amari Cooper going forward. Now, we sat up here last week and I already expressed myself in terms of how I feel uh, in terms of them not utilizing an amazing asset that they have on their team and they're seemingly going to use him as a scapegoat to kind of get around this salary cap issue. Uh, that's what it feels like they're like, like they're heading towards. So that's why I think he will not address that verbally in terms of Amari Cooper. But as you mentioned, Dak, not a problem talking about Dak a little bit. You know, Zeke, not a problem talking about Zeke a little bit. Those are their guys, right? These are our dudes. These are the the kind of the, the face of the franchise. I don't think that they they see Amari Cooper in that same light. And that's really unfortunate. But but as a as a former player, if you're sitting there and you're mm-hmm. you understand you signed the contract you're a year in. How does that make you feel? I mean, how would that make just putting your, your feet in, in Coop's shoes, hearing him not comment on your status with the team going into next season? Now, as a former player, I can stand back and understand the business aspect of it and not get my, emotion, my emotions involved in it. As a player at that, at that particular time, maybe the position that he's in, he's a savvy vet, so he, he probably understands the business aspect a little more than most youngins in the league. But, you know, when you're committed to an organization – you know, and this is where you're starting to really see this parting of ways in this in this league right now. They're starting to guys are players are starting to understand their value, much like NBA players, much like MLB players. And guys are starting point. guys are starting to understand how much they affect how much how much power they have or over these organizations. So now you take somebody in Amari Cooper's position where he's like getting paid what, twenty million a year or something like that, eighteen a year, twenty a year, somewhere 20, around there. Twenty, 20 yeah. a year. Okay. So you're getting paid twenty million dollars a year and he recognizes that they're starting to kind of use his rhetoric as if you're the reason why, you know, or we're paying you too much money. Or, you know, you're not making enough plays and you can sit and and, and be still and understand that I don't have a lack of performance. I have a lack of opportunities, right? I don't have a lack of ability, right? <laughs> I'm not getting presented with the, with, the, with the chances I need to go out there and make plays. So if they don't want to pay me, somebody else will pay me. And I think that's where your mind has to go. He, I, I'm, Again, we're all just kind of just speaking in general right now. I don't think that he's going to be emotionally tied to the Cowboys because you can obviously see that the Cowboys don't seem to be emotionally tied to him. Well, I, I think they value what he can bring as a player, um, they wouldn't have signed him to a $100 million deal if they did. Real quick, real quick, Chris just texted me, and Mike McCarthy had some breaking news just now in Indy. Dak Prescott, cleanup surgery on his left shoulder. Non-throwing, should be ready for the start of the offseason program. So we can get back to that if we want to in a minute. Ooh. But, uh, I mean, ah. yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mystery meat moment. Brought to you by you Rob got the bu- P. You got the bubble cuts right there? <laughs> thank you, P. Hey, it's not his throwing shoulder, at least. Um, okay, so... And, and, and Stephen was asked about Amari multiple times. And in fact, his role in the offense was brought up as well. It's, it's a good question, whoever asked it. And he said, he said, I think it's more of a system deal where we go somewhere else based on what the coverage dictates. And so if you're going to play that way, and that's your style of offense, then I think you do have to look at, okay, why are we spending this much on our number one receiver? And because I agree with you guys, they're better with him on the roster. They're better with him uh, being the go-to guy, but that hasn't been the way this thing is built. And actually, the follow-up question was to the effect of, does that system mess with what you invest in your contracts? And he said, we go through all of that. Like I said, I'm not going to get it into individually, that stuff. But that plays into how we invest. And that's not what they're getting based on what they pay to Mario. It's not all his fault, but no. it's, the, it's the system and... I I would not be surprised if, based on what we've heard from from the Joneses twice now, Senior Bowl Combine, it's definitely on the table. I just because the cap is an, a challenge. The cap is is probably it went up to two oh eight, but it's probably ten million dollars less than it should have been, pandemic aside. And so they're trying to make up for that loss. Are you okay on this roster without Amari? I'm not. I'm not. I'm, uh, not. I'm not, but I think it's a reality that, that CeeDee Lamb may have to say, they may have to look at CeeDee Lamb and say, hey, 17th pick in the draft two years ago, it's your time. If, I mean, that's got to be the, the transition if there's no Amari. And the reason why I say I'm not is because I recognize how much better Amari Cooper made Dak and how much the offense was struggling without Amari Cooper and his effect on the offense immediately once he came on. And so, you know, the, my other thing that I kind of went back on was that if we're not going to use him, 
It's like having a Benz in the driveway and you don't have keys to it. If I can't drive it, get it out of my driveway. But that's use the word can't. Yeah, See, they're they're using the other c word. They're choosing choosing not to use Amari, right? And I, I think it would be a totally different conversation if we were sitting here talking about his route running's bad, his speed is dropped off, he's dropping balls. We're not saying any of those things. We're saying that because of the system, we're not going to utilize him the way in which we originally had thought we were going to when we signed him for a hundred million dollars. So because of that, ah, oh, sorry, we might have to cut bait on you. And by cutting bait on you, we become a weaker offense. That makes zero sense to me. Change the system. Change the system. If that's your system, change the system. Because every other organization that has a number one receiver is doing it. It reminds me so much of my time when I was here and T.O. was having issues right, with Jason Garrett. There's a lot of issues internally on the, in the locker room that I'm not going to speak to that were revolving around the quote-unquote system. Oh, and, I remember. And, when teams, <laughs> I remember and when teams would understand that Jason Garrett was unwilling at that time to change his system, they said, okay, since you're not going to change your system – We'll roll the disc coverage and we'll take T.O. out the game because you're not you're going to stay with your system. And what ended up happening with T.O.? All right now. Bye-bye then. They cut him after the 08 season. And they were fortunate that Miles Austin developed into a Correct. franchise guy. Because at the time, they didn't. It's like when they cut Dez, they didn't have an answer. Um, they signed Alan Hearns and yeah. Deontay Thompson and, and nobody emerged until they traded for Amari. Because to your point, like Dak took off when Amari got here. Now, Stevens thought he, he sounded cautiously optimistic throughout the interview. But there was another part of the interview that really kind of threw me off. Is he, he mentioned it several times that, you know, when teams have a franchise quarterback <laughs> that has the size of contract that we have, these are the kind of things that you have to maneuver around. Basically pointing out that if we're looking at a pie, Dak has the lion's share, basically, of that pie. And so fitting other pieces into that is going to be hard. Now, you've outline the the cap and how you can kind of kick the can down the road. This is an immediate thing that you have to do. But in saying that to me, I felt like that was a little shade thrown at Dak. Uh, subliminal, unsub- whatever it was, basically <laughs> saying, look, you got this big contract. We're having to make this work around you. Uh, did you think that when you heard it, did you kind of think that was a little shady? Or did you think, hey, this is he's just basically saying the realities of football right now? I, I think it's the latter. I really do. I think he's he's pointing out that because he's getting asked about Amari, he's getting asked if he got asked about Demarcus Lawrence, and and they he said, look, not naming names, we got decisions to make on certain guys that make a lot of money. And to, I think he even said something Isaiah said last week, like what's the value you're getting based off of that contract? So no, I think I think Stephen is just outlining the challenges and maybe getting fans ready again for the fact that look, they're not going to be huge players in free agency. Um, he did have a quote here. He said, we could do some things that could allow us to keep most of our guys if we wanted to push it all out, like down the road, kick the can down the road, but we'll have a much bigger problem the next year and the year after that. They're looking long-term, and not only are they looking long-term uh, you know, for this year, it's Micah Parsons is going to need a new deal at some point. Trayvon Diggs is going to need a deal at some point. So like he talked about having to – they look at their cap three years out, and the pandemic has screwed some of that up because you've signed guys – in the past to that will fit a certain slot in the cap based off more revenue that the league's getting. They don't have that. That's what he's trying to say. And the, the reality is that, yeah, Dak has taken up a huge part of it. Isaiah, you have been more critical than anyone about Dak and his performance. He's gotten the, the big payday. But if you don't put the type of talent around him to help him win, is he the kind of quarterback that could will this team to victories by himself? No. no. He's not. And people will hate that, but he's not. That's the reality, people. I'm sorry. Dak is a really good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. There's a difference. And there's only a handful of elite quarterbacks in this league. Okay, boom, we got that out. Perfect. Everybody can take a sigh of relief now. And that's not a shot at Dak. That's just telling you where exactly where he's at. Dak has a lot of development. As good as he is, under the contract that he signed, he still has a lot of development in terms of attaining the status and the impact in this league and his on his team and in this league, the respect that he that he wants in this league. Now he can go back and work on those things, and he can improve upon his his throwing accuracy. He can improve upon his ball location. He can improve upon his velocity. These are all things that he can improve upon, and he's going to have to improve upon because in order for him to play potentially without Amari Cooper, his ball location is going to have to get better. 
right? He's going to have to get the ball be better because CDs had a bunch of drops and some of that just because the location of the ball sometimes. It's, okay. not, it's, not, it's not always just a CD, oh, the ball, touch your hands, old school rules. To touch your hands, you got to bring it in. Catch it. Okay? Sometimes there's some bad situations, some bad locations where against your body, you know, momentum, all that kind of jazz. So he has to get better with putting, throwing better, more receivable balls, catch, you know, catch friendly balls. Um, and then his velocity has to improve because if you want to be able to push this thing down the field, like we know, you know, Kellen Moore wants to do, he has to improve upon that aspect of the game because you're not going to be able to take advantage of those big plays with whatever receivers that we're going to have on this roster because right now we have one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. And a possible. <laughs> yeah. And we got a Simi Fajoko and. No, what? Um, He's under contract. He and, is. And Amari, right? Those two are under contract? Think, that's it? I think that's it. That's it. Okay, so. We don't know what the heck's going to be down there. So there's aspects of his game, and, and, I, and I think he is do what he's getting paid. Let me let me stand and say that. Because you're going to pay somebody that kind of money to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care who who it is. They're going to get that much money because they're stepping into that huge role of, of lineage of, of, of great quarterbacks that have been here. But just because there's been great quarterbacks that have been here doesn't mean that the quarterback that you have is necessarily great. Now, I think that he can be, but he has some work to do. Now, do you have something, Pete? Well, I just, I mean, this this new r- report about his left throwing shoulder, I, do you think, does that affect a guy no, no. when he's right-handed, no, right arm? No. I, I wonder, and I'm now I need to go ask these questions, but like, he had the shoulder strain on his right shoulder in training camp. Is that related to this? And, you know, I, to me, like, it's, it's hard to evaluate Dak because those first six games, I think, I, I said, okay, this is a top five quarterback in the league right now. Like, MVP discussion down the stretch other things around him were not as clean and he wasn't as clean so yes I agree with you it's got to be the pieces around him helping but I wonder if he can get healthy this offseason and not spend an offseason worrying about his leg and apparently this this non-throwing shoulder deal will not affect his offseason work I wonder if just getting a full offseason of work provided he stays healthy will help him as well but what what aspect of his game do you feel that he needs to improve most to, in order to put him into that, hey, whatever he was at ter- the first five games. Say he t- take the running game out. You want that Dak that he that you that that shows up when he has a running game. That's the Dak that everybody wants, right? But when the running game is not presented, when it's not there, what does he need to work on to be that guy? You just hit on it. His location, yeah. uh, throwing the ball. There were definitely several balls throughout the year that were behind receivers. Just not, he's not throwing guys open. And we've made the comparison between other quarterbacks that are in the league, and maybe that was a byproduct of all of this strain that we're talking about, the the calf and all mm-hmm. the things that happened within the season. But real quick, just going back to what you were just saying, the running game. I found it ironic that um executive vice president Stephen Jones was more willing to talk about Zeke hmm. and saying, you know, Zeke is a guy that's on our team. He's, you know, obviously paid guaranteed money. Twelve and a half million. Twelve and a half million yeah. is yep. done. He's gonna be on your team. But as we've seen, his production is trending down. It's not trending up. And everyone's kind of waiting on him to rekindle the fire that he had from 2016, 17, and all those years. When you look at Zeke right now, even in the 17-game season and muscling through the knee injury, do you think that there is a potential for him to return to form? Are we delusional in this situation, especially with Tony Pollard sitting behind him with all of that production waiting him? I don't want to go back. I hate to go back to the first six games because it's not a full 17 game season for plus playoffs. So it's not the full body of work. I just go back to, though, we've seen that rotation work. That first half of the season almost, they were averaging five yards of carry plus together. He looked great. I thought he looked, that's the best I've seen him look going into a season mm. in a couple years. Yep. Um, and then he got hurt. And I, I think that probably was a factor if you want to point. And I, but I think. Kind of like Dak, being healthy again, I think you could see a productive Zeke again next year. But they got to build some things around him better, and they need to take a look at their system too and see how are we using guys. Are we using guys correctly the right way? Did Tony Pollard get enough touches last year? Like I, I think especially with Zeke being banged up down the stretch, that's probably something they could have done more. And I wonder if they're having that discussion right now. I believe that Zeke is a very dominant running back still in this league, but the, the question you have to ask yourself is how many dominant running backs are in this league 
so much is, is, is depicted upon the running scheme and the ability for offensive line to be able to create some movement and work up to the second level. And how much of that did we really see this year? Well, you know, I mean, regardless of how healthy Zeke was, Zeke came out the gun, you know, lighter, you know, you're quicker, you know, more agile, you know, a lot more burst than you've seen in a while. So I think coming into the season, to your point, Rob, he was he was money, right? But also the, the old line was, was getting some movement. And then Zeke got hurt simultaneously. The offensive line started having some issues. And now all of a sudden the running game goes to crap. So you really have to ask yourself, what is a dominant running back in this league? The game has changed. It's a passing league. The game has changed, and people don't want to acknowledge that. And that's why running backs are not being as valued as they once were. They're not starting to get the bread that they once used to get because organizations feel, oh, we could throw somebody, throw anybody in there. We need to focus on offensive line. The old line get right. We could throw anybody in there to be productive. Now, will they be uh, Aaron Jones? Will they be, you know, you know, Cook or some of these guys? Henry. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry, maybe not. But Derrick Henry's probably one of the few guys in this league that can single-handedly just dominate a defense, regardless if they're blocking for him or not. And I think that's where offenses have gone. You saw the Rams kind of do that. They found a guy off the scrap. He brought him in. You know, and teams are making those runs based off of who they can bring in and just say, hey, look, fill this role for however long until whatever, but, you know, try and get us over the finish line. But you guys definitely answered all of those questions, man. And, and hey, it, it really sounded to me like Stephen Jones was letting us know maybe he's bluffing that mm-hmm. don't expect a whole lot of splash in free, agent, in free agency. <laughs> no. Go, now. Going, off the, going off the diving board, no splashes. <laughs> hey, no water at all, man. That thing is not going to – no water is going to uh, blow back from that. But I have to say this, uh, Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos, America's chip for America's team and the official chip and dip of Talking Cowboys in the Dallas Cowboys. So, guys, we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back. But I want to ask you guys about who is going to get on the bus to Oxnard with Micah Parsons. Coming up next on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Your favorite WWE stars return to AT&T Stadium for WrestleMania on Saturday, April 2nd and Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. Get your tickets for the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Visit SeatGeek.com. Visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Let's freaking go, man. Four days of WWE in a row. 
Yes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I don't, I don't think Luke and Butch are doing wrestling still. I don't, no, I don't think the Bushwhackers not. are part of it. There's a guy, a you, lot of big stars. Are though. you going to the Undertaker's Hall of Fame enrollment? I haven't heard. I texted him last week. I haven't heard back. I was waiting for my invite. Because we became best friends when we had our five-minute interview. I, I believe it. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm holding out hope. I'm that, holding out hope. That flex was so cold. And just, that was, was just a, a humble flex. It was flex. just a slight. Mm. I, text, I text him. <laughs> I text the Undertaker. The Undertaker. And he hadn't got back with me yet. Dude. I'm joined by Mr. Rob P. Mr. Undertaker. Mr. Undertaker. I'm joined by Rob P. Island and the Super Bowl champ Isaiah Stanback. Guys, I kind of teased this question before we came to the second uh, segment here, but I want you guys to envision, if you will. Okay. All right? Mm. Use your use your imagination, P. Now, this is hard for you for a guy that's only ridden a roller coaster one time. All right? Twice. You, twice, my bad. And never again. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's just what I should have said. <laughs> no disrespect. No disrespect, P. But envision Mike, Micah on a bus mm. by himself. Dan Quinn is the driver. The door opens. All right. This is a tricked out bus. It has his rookie or what is it? Player of the week belts all in the grill. Uh, it's got blue candy paint blue, on it. Blue candy paint. All right? On the side, it's going. It has a sign that says Oxnard on it. Mm. All right. I want to ask you guys. California, A. California, West Side. All right. And so we have. Players. And I'm going to take players that were maybe free agents that we need to sign, guys that are under contract. I have I have four guys from that defense that can get on that bus. Mm. I want you to take four guys that are on the current roster and maybe even give me a wild card. Who are those four guys that are getting on that bus? Isaiah, I'll start with you. Diggs. Solid. Gregory. Solid. Mm. It gets murky right Curse. here. Curse. And then I'm probably to round it out. Probably have to go with Gallimore. I like it. Neville. All right. Those are your four guys. And if you had a wild card, just a wild card. Wild who, card. Who's your wild card guy? A fifth. Who would be your wild card? Salary doesn't matter. Just doesn't who matter. just who I want yes. to come off the bus with me in Oxnard. Yep. All right, then D-Law. D-Law, that's your wild card. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, here's the here's here's another question so we can we can talk about this. You started off with Diggs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. But of course, you're going to mm-hmm. go with Diggs. Mm-hmm. Your second one was, I believe it was Curse. Gregory. Gregory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gregory. So in the situation with Gregory, mm-hmm. if you have to franchise tag him to bring him mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. do you? No. You don't franchise. No. You signed a, a long-term deal. With him right now, possibly if you move the money that, around. I think that's what they're trying to do. I don't think I don't think they can fit twenty million under the cap on no. for a one year deal this year. Okay. They definitely don't want to long term. Yeah. So you're going to go long term deal with Randy Gregory, and then the other guy was Jerome Curse. Curse. Okay. And you're seeing Curse based off of last year's performance. He earned his way. Him and, and with Dan Quinn. I mean, he's based. I mean, he's outside of Dan Quinn's system. I don't. I don't know if I want him. Because I don't know what he provides based upon you know his utilization, but within Dan Quinn's system, absolutely, we see his value. Okay, now the wild card, the wild card for you mm-hmm. was Tank. Mm-hmm. All right. Now here's the question about Tank because even Stephen Jones would not commit on Tank's contract mm-hmm. based off of production, mm-hmm. but where he was, the numbers that he put up last season. Let's allow a little grace because of the the foot uh, injury. Yeah. Do you believe that it is possible that he is going to give you the production that lives up to the contract? So is he a guy that you're restructuring only to bring back? Or what are your thoughts on I don't see D-Law back here. I don't. And I know a lot of Cowboys Nation is not going to like that, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see how you can justify paying D-Law as much of a leader on this team as he is, as much of an effort guy as he is. I just don't see the production. And and I honestly – I didn't know a whole lot about D-Law prior to these last few years of working with the boys. And, you know, I came into the season, okay, I'm going to watch this cat. I'm going to watch how dominant he is. I hear so much about him, and I just did not see the dominant 
aspect of it. Did I see an effective pass rusher? Yes. Dominant pass rusher? Never felt that. I never felt that, hey, guess what? On this, like the, the fourth down in the Super Bowl, you know, Aaron Donald one-on-one, Aaron, you, Aaron yeah. Donald's winning that. Yeah. There's no, you're not – we're getting the sack, right. right? You're not stopping him. I don't I – ne- I've never felt in any situation that D-Law lined up against a tackle that, oh, he's about to destroy him. Never felt that. And that's and that's a guy that you're playing paying a really a pretty to. penny to to. So in that question, man, maybe he won't be one of your guys to get on the bus. But P, I'm gonna I'm swing this over to you, man. So give I'm, me four and a, and, a, and we'll throw a wild card in there. I was just real quick. I was looking at Spotrack. De, um, Demarcus is set to make. Nineteen million dollar base salary in twenty twenty two. I mean, it's just uh, that's that's the reality of what they got to figure out. And mm. and he and Amari. Good so for we'll, him. We'll see. But if I had to just pick four, this kind of heck. This reminds me of uh, Space Jam. Space Jam. Uh, yes. <laughs> there was a, there was a column on ESPN. It was like if you had to pick a group to play the aliens, play yeah. the aliens for the fate of Earth yeah. in basketball. Who would you take? And it's a great discussion. But I the door so, the door just opened for Sean you. Sean Bradley babe. made that team. Uh, not my team. Well, <laughs> Damn. well Sean Bradley is somewhere going. Actually, I wish yeah, I wish all the best for him. He's, yeah, yeah, got, yes, yeah, it's changed. But I'm, I'm talking. Sure. I'm thinking. Michael I just thought about guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, I would say if I had to pick four, I would four. say Micah, Trayvon Diggs. Micah's right? already on the bus. He's already on the bus. So, so four, know, no, more? Four, yeah, four, four more. Yeah, four more. Micah's already on. Um, Watch your mess. Trayvon Diggs, Randy Gregory, mm-hmm. Jaron Curse, mm-hmm. and I'd go to Marcus Lawrence. Hey, consistency around these parts. I go. I'd go to Marcus Lawrence because I, I think he's a he. He brings that fire, that energy for this team, and I think they I think this defense needs that to build on what they did last year. But I'm with you. Like I just don't know if he's so. Back he's or in not. your four. He's in your core four. So who's your wild card? Wild card. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, he was my wild card. Gallimore was my core four. Mm. Or four or five. That's a great question. Who am I missing here? Are you Osa? Are you going linebacker? Oh, they need linebackers. Are you going late in it's another position they don't have any of? Um, I almost, I almost. You know what? I almost picked for my wild card. Who? Not my wild card, but for my core four. Who? Jabril. Yeah, I almost picked him. Provided I, he's back, I think he's going to be dominant in this. But you're system. basing yeah. that off of potential. I'm, I'm basing that off of that one play that he had on the goal line. Off of one play. Off of one play, because that's potential. I can see it. I can see him in. I, can, I know Dan. I know Dan Quinn, and I know when Dan Quinn saw that, he said, "Oh shoot, that's I it. got one." Um, I I would go Gallimore because I think with a full season, they really think he could be yep. special. Honestly. So I'd go with him. But Osa's right there, too, because I think they feel great about him as a, as a long-term vet guy in the league. Now, so much has been made. Guys, I, I think y'all, you, you smashed it, even though y'all copied each other, and what? that was a little lazy pee. But that's cool. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – hey, I'm just hosting the show. I'm just trying to keep this well, thing I on wa- the rails. I, right I wanted to throw Dono <laughs> like, in there, but y'all would have been like, okay. Whatever. No, Okay, no, Aggie. No, Ooh. I mean, if that's your pick. That's your guy. If you're going to say wild card, throw Dono in there, then I, do it. I think – I mean, we just – Basically, we just picked the best players on defense, right? I mean, mm. I don't, I don't know if we missed anybody. You could, you could have said Osa Digizur, and yeah. you could have said Wild Card Brent Urban because he, mm, you know, you could have went a lot of different it ways. Be, it would be nice to bring him. You're, back taking, too. you're taking Brent over now, over, over Neville Gallimore. No, I'm not. This is not taking them off oh, of the team. Okay. This is basically okay. saying these are my core guys okay. that we're saying is going to get on this bus with Micah because mm-hmm. we know that the bazooka is going to need help in 2022. Do we get to do this on offense too, or we're we just doing defense? We're just doing it on defense. Right <sighs> I was excited because I know offense. if I do this, here, you're gonna. Be able to take up for some personal vendettas out, and I don't want to do that to you right now. By the way, the Cowboys only have three people on their roster as a position of linebacker. It's Mm. it's a it's it's pretty bad. It's an issue, Chris Cox, Parsons, and Devontae Bond. Now, even Luke Gifford's a restricted free agent. Yeah, but I could see him coming. Yeah, he's restricted. So yeah, Luke. They have on on uh, Spotrack. They have uh, Basham as a linebacker, which I see him more of as an end. As an end. Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. Now, I love that we started off the season, off season last year, talking about culture and Dan Quinn and what his effect has been, uh, will be for on the defense. And obviously, 
he didn't disappoint. Yeah. He was everything that Isaiah said he would be as far as a culture changer, a guy that's going to change the locker room. We saw that immediately with the numbers on our defense. With a second year under his cap, the defense went from basement to middle <laughs> of the pack. Middle of the pack. I mean, let's keep it real. All right? But also, this defense had 26 turnovers last season. You cannot expect to have 26 turnovers. But if there is something that Dan Quinn is going to have to sacrifice, whether it be turnovers, stopping the run, or the pass, which do you think the Cowboys are going to be more efficient at next season? Need to be or will be? We can say need. Need to? I would say pass pass defense. I think... You know, the run, the run game they struggle with at times, but I thought it was way better than the year before. Everything was. Um, you need those takeaways, but I don't know if they can count on that, like you said. I, they've got to be able to st- – because chunk plays are what what this league's all about. And they there were games where they gave up way too many of those back in the secondary. Yeah, I would have to agree with Rob. He did pass defense. It, and not even particular the the big play, because big play is a low percentage play. I, I would think that the more – the, the 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 shorter down and distances, you know, giving up those easy slants and playing soft coverage you know, up front, I think that they have to secure that. I think Trayvon Diggs has to improve upon his coverage skills. I think that he does a good job taking advantage when a ball is, is, is badly thrown in his direction. He will make you pay for that. But I don't think that he has stepped into the, the, the light of a shutdown corner yet. And I think he can. I think he will relatively quickly. But I think that he's going to need to go get in the hip pocket of Neon Dion and some of the other vets that, that the Cowboys have at their disposal to really learn the technique aspect of it in terms of getting up in these guys' grill because they're not going to challenge him down the field. They're going to try to eat him up you know, five, ten yards down the field, and that's a part of his game. That if he if he owns that, which I think he will probably this year, he'll take he'll take that step. Uh, he's going to be ridiculous. Trayvon, yeah. Trayvon. Yeah. The only thing is, I mean, teams kept testing him down the field with those double moves, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's like a fine line between what makes you great is his aggressiveness and gambling at times, but mm-hmm. you don't want to lose that, but you also don't want to give up those big plays and, th- and that's why I think if he improves upon his actual coverage skills and 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 you know, like I say. 15 yards and in. I think if he gains the confidence in that regard, he won't take as many chances. Mm. And I, I think that he cuts back on those double play, on those double moves because now he's not having to jump at it because he feels I think right now he feels like I have to take advantage of this big play. I got to I got to I have to make that big play yeah. versus just resting assured in his cover skills. So like when I played against like Darrell Revis, you know, we would, we would go against each other when I was with New England, he was with the Jets. He, that boy was just just chill. He didn't. He wasn't jumping at no plays. Like the ball came his way, cool. I'll take it. But like he, you didn't feel like he was like anxious. Like I had to go get this thing. Like he just was. There was this calm over during, over over Revis in Revis Island. Yeah. That it was just like I got this. You know, if you guys want to test me, I'll make you pay. But I'm not jumping at mm-hmm. opportunities. Yeah, I mean the the maturity of Trayvon Diggs. A lot, all of these guys. I mean, I'm excited to see what Micah is going to be in his second season, uh, coming off of a, a dominant rookie season. Can I mean, he set the bar so high? Is there any way that he could elevate his play to be better? Uh, I just think of, and I, I, I posed the question like this because I, I actually saw an interview of Kenny the Jet Smith uh, on NBA uh, on TNT. He's talking about. Um, how when he came into the season, came into his rookie season, how Bill Russell was his coach at the Sacramento Kings. And Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell, uh, uh, Boston Celtics great, told him, hey, on when we go on the road, you sit next to me. When we get on planes, you sit next to me. And he was like, why? Why do I have to sit next to you? And Bill said, look, because I, I don't want you sitting next to any of those losers. You know, and basically what he said, I don't want you to pick up any bad habits from any of the guys that are not going to be here in the future. And I look at Michael Parsons mm. the same way. I'm not calling anybody losers. But what I'm saying is you want him to be the leader of the defense next season. And in doing that, he's going to have to have guys around him that understand that, look, I am this apex on I'm a special talent. I think we can all agree that he is a generational uh, talent. But having the guys around him, a core group that's going to give this Cowboys defense that level that of on defense that you've seen some of the greater defenses throughout the league play with to get you that Super Bowl. Look, defenses still win championships. Yeah. I don't care what nobody yeah. said. All right. What what? Veteran or just player on his defense, do you think that Michael Parsons would look up to? Yeah, that's I don't think any of them. 
because I don't think any of them have played to his level. I don't. I mean, look at what he's done in his rookie season. And I think Micah has a high enough IQ to be able to Google these guys and look at their career stats to say, look, my trajectory is on a whole other level from where those guys are. I'm not saying that he can't take advantage, take advice from other guys. I just think that he's an eagle. I think he's uh, not an eagle. He's a. I'm talking about the animal eagle. Okay. <laughs> I think he's a lion. Not even. You know what I he's mean. He's a bazooka. He's a bazooka. Is what I'm trying to say. And so that's. That's a unique quality uh, that he has. And I think that, you know, even when you go back to Michael Irvin, when he came on from Miami and they had that losing season, they bring in Jimmy Johnson, they had to find guys that would live up to the, the level of play that Michael Irvin had. I think you see the same thing with Michael. So who's going to get on the bus with Michael is why is really why I asked that question. No, that's a great question. I, I would say last year he probably looked up to a guy like Tank who's been doing this a long time and it's been kind of the leader of the defense. I would say Randy, too, um, based on everything. I think guys respect what Randy's been through in his personal yeah. life and come out on the other end and have a really good season and finally be in a position to get paid. Um, yeah, I would say maybe those two. But I hear you. Um, what do you th- I mean, would you? what do they have to fix the most in your mind? I just looked it up. They got the Cowboys offense had 63 explosive pass plays last year. The, the opposing teams got 62. So you'd like that to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, maintaining a big pass rush, I think, is the biggest part of that. No, I just felt like there were times in the season where guys were kind of relying on number 11 to get to the ball, do things. You know, you have a dynamic player like that, you feel like, hell, he could do it all. It's Sitting like, and watching. Yeah, you know, you guys go play backup singers, then cool. You know, you see this guy being the star of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he getting his KC on, his JoJo on. So that's, what, that's really – what I mean, but also I think that Dan Quinn in his second season, he has got to be salivating right now. Yeah. Understanding that he has this special weapon that he can put design plays for him now. What's going to make Micah better? I mean, hey, Isaiah, we've gone toe-to-toe mm-hmm. on whether he's a, yeah. an edge linebacker. or a linebacker. At some point, you go, I don't know if you have to decide whether he's one or the other, but I think teams, when the, as the season went, they understood that, hey, if he's on the other side of the edge, we're just going to run away uh, yeah. from him. Yeah. Or we're going to scheme the, for him. Or we're going to run at him. But so much of what he did this year at the end position was because you weren't getting that pressure or you didn't have guys. Or you didn't have guys I were mean, hurt, right? We had guys that were hurt. Yeah. So I mean, but like you we started talking about D Law and the effect that he has, like you felt like you had a much greater chance of getting to the quarterback with Parsons at end than you did with D Law. Because where you moved D Law, D Law got moved inside. to the inside. Yeah, he did. And you put Parsons to the outside. So you got your twenty million dollar man on the inside. Yeah. Doing spin moves in place. And you put your rookie on the outside. So I'm saying that that says a lot. Is all that's all I'm saying. Yeah, the decision's already been made yeah. when you see. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it says a lot. There's yeah. no way that the Michael Parsons would be on this roster with Demarcus Ware and Demarcus Ware is moving inside. Sorry, not happening. That being said, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not yeah. happening. D Ware would have been like, nah, player, like <laughs> I don't care what coach said. You you get on over there. So, but that being said, if if Tank's not back, they make that decision at some point. Who I mean, you want to keep Mike in that hybrid role, right? I think we all agree with that. Yes. Um yeah. So you, you, I, then you go down the line, you've you got to be hoping to re-sign Darrance Armstrong and hope that he's going to develop uh, into a, a starter and maybe a Chauncey Golston. And that's what they're going to have to do. Because I don't know, they're not going to spend big money on a guy to replace. That's going to be Randy Gregory's contract. Yep. Um, how many draft picks do you have? You only have a few draft picks. So it's gonna, if it's no tank, again, how are you better? How you better? That almost goes back to the question about wide receiver. You know, who's better behind Coop if who's better behind Tank and Gregory? I think as much as we love Basham and his personality, uh, Chauncey Golston, even in his rookie season, he did some good things. Dorrance Armstrong has been the darling of the front office for a long time. Are we kidding ourselves? Are these guys really even capable of playing to that level? Well, that's where I think DQ comes in because that's what – I mean, he's got to be the and and adding dirty and those guys finding a way to coach guys up. And, I mean, honestly, though, in the salary cap, you have to at some point rely on your draft picks to take another step up because you can't pay everybody. Do you think that DQ felt better coming into the season last year or you think he's going to be feeling better coming into the season this year with all the guys that are going to be free? I, I'm a, I honestly thought that he, he may have felt better last season. Yeah. 
he may have felt better last season. And, and I say that because of he knew what Osa Digizua yeah. was going to be. He knew what he had in, um, in Keanu Neal. Um, maybe he didn't play up to that level, but he knew he had yeah. D-Law. He knew he had Randy Gregory. Now you're in a situation where you don't even know if you're going to have those guys. Uh, but the one thing that I'm confident about about DQ is as a former head coach, he understands what guys fit mm-hmm. his system yeah. and what he does. And I think also with our front office's ability to include the coaches in on drafting. And I think Will McClay has done a wonderful job. And sometimes, you know, guys have missed, like Tristan Hill. You know, he was a, a favorite of the coaches uh, at, at, to bring in. Yeah. Uh, or oh, he was Rod's guy. Rod Marinelli's yeah. guy, yeah. right? They didn't they, want to go safety. They, Rod said, no, we want this guy. But even, even in that situation, I think you trust Dan Quinn to be able to identify talent, bring these guys in, and see if they fit. But I love what you said. Also, knowing that if all he has is Basham and Chauncey Goldston, that he can bring these guys level of play up because they're going to be taking way more snaps than they were last year. I mean, they were completely, they were role players and even special teams players uh, for the majority of the season. But look, I feel good about Dan Quinn being back. I think he his being back in his second season is going to reap benefits for this team. I think as a culture, as a locker room, uh, and you you heard uh, Michael Parsons on the Rich Eisen show. Talk about Dan Quinn coming back. And that was, if you hadn't seen that interview, you got to go check it out, man. It, it is absolutely wonderful. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the backup quarterback position, mm. which everybody in the whole in America is thinking about. Who's the backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? And maybe we'll hear from Kyle Yobans down in Indy. I don't know, but we're going to check. But stay with us here on a TCT Tuesday. This is Talking Cowboys. We'll be right back at you. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands <laughs> with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Yes. Book an appointment at your local Essilor expert and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Why'd you, why'd you have to go, yes? And that's a for sure right That's a for sure. Shout out to Spice Adams. Man. <laughs> <laughs> These Essilor reads are just getting way out of hand. I love Essilor. Have you made your appointment? No. Dang Nabbit, Rob. I, mean, I, I love Essilor. Dang though. freaking I'll, Nabbit. I'll get there. I got an I got an idea for Essilor. Why just don't you bring here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bring the machine to Rob. Let's have we'll an appointment it. during the show. Yeah, I say we'll yeah. do it in during the show. That's perfect. It only makes sense because the only way you got a new wallet 
was because it was Christmas and Isaiah gifted you a while. Other than that, you would still be sitting on that brick phone. You would still. <laughs> what? HP computer in his bed. I'm telling you, you would still be there, man. It's hard to get me to spend money, and it's hard to get me out of the house, man. I'm old. We have to force stuff no, on you. Yeah, you're right. You're this right. is this is absolutely amazing. I can't believe you. It, it will happen. I promise you, because I'm almost out of contacts. So I'm gonna have to either get new contacts or get some glasses. So hey, it'll happen. Or both. Essilor lenses. They Truth. Are they are there for you. They're just waiting on you right these, now. The these business. are Essilors. Huh? Oh, are they? These are yeah, those are Essilors. These are Essilors. Yeah, I didn't, you know, my vision was almost perfect, so they just told me to get some glasses. You know, some sunglasses. I'll just see this. Yeah, yeah. I swear. But didn't your daughter also go there? She did, yes. They yeah. hooked my they daughter took, up for took, sure. Took care of your daughter, yeah, right? my daughter's a type 1 diabetic, so I always have to check her retinas and make sure they're all good. And they have some high text, uh, you know, utensils and tools yeah. and all kinds of machinery over there that was able to look all the way into your eyeball. I had no idea. Oh yeah. They looked all the way to the nerves now. Yeah, it gets heavy. It gets real. Now these are these Dang. lenses right here, I'm telling you, the best lenses I've ever had, man. They do transition. I love those. They got everything yeah. in. I mean, they, they got a lot that. it's a lot of medicine in these lenses. And their bro. headquarters is here. It's not like they just have like a location. Like they have a, their headquarters is here in Dallas. So basically what we're saying is that you have no more excuses. Get off your ass. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Pete. Do it, do it now. Yeah. <laughs> do it now. You need to get some Essler lenses or a video gaming system. Because mm. you just sit at home all the time. Because that's what I would Ooh, do. Ooh, you enjoy it. CB's just trying to recruit you right now. Uh, Let's oh, you want to play some, let's play, let's play some call? Let's go. Yeah, COD a little bit. All right. A little war zone. Jump on in with it. Yeah. So the subject that you guys woke up thinking about this morning. What's that? Who's the backup quarterback going to be for the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, I'll tell you, I love my life. And I'm going to be right here with you guys enjoying more of my life. Okay, but we saw Cooper Rush last season. He came in in spot duty. And got us a win on Halloween night in Minnesota. Came in clutch in the final minutes. That game was on NFL Network yesterday. I watched it again. Hey. It was awesome to see him get that victory in front of his parents that knew he was going to be playing that day. We didn't, though. Missed <laughs> um, the memo. But obviously, there are, there are a lot of free agents and guys that we could talk about. Uh, but in, in they've been, you know, people have been talking about uh, certain quarterbacks being able to come in here and push the $40 million quarterback. So. I ask you guys, does Dak Prescott need a backup quarterback that will have him looking over his shoulder? Or let's just use fluffier language. Push him. The Cowboys don't do that. The Cowboys historically don't do that. They don't bring in quarterbacks to push their starting quarterback. They they shy away from that as much as possible. Tony Tony never had it. Yeah. No. I mean I mean he had veteran backups behind him, but it was always like it's just my role to be ready, and it wasn't a. It was never a competition. Not that it necessarily should have been, yeah. but um, yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> the, the thing that's the first memory I have of Dak coming into this organization was he was at the Old Valley Ranch rookie mini camp, and he's got a crowd of people around him, new draft pick, and he taught. He said something to the effect of, "It's my job to to push Tony," and I'd never heard a backup quarterback say that here behind Tony Romo ever. Not even Brad Johnson, not Kyle Orton, nobody. Now, did you not think when? You were a fan of Andy Dalton when Andy came in. That that was maybe a sim a situation where there's a veteran sitting behind you that possibly could put push you. That was their version of securing the bag. That was their version of making sure that they had a, a bulletproof backup. That's what they were trying to ensure. Uh, and I think through that process, things didn't necessarily go that way. Even though the offensive line was in shambles, they still looked at it as we spent too much money on that position for what the production that we got. So we're going to go back to what we used to do, which was pay slim to nothing for backups. Yeah. I don't think Dak is a type of guy who needs to be pushed. Um, I, I just don't know. We're talking about contracts. I just, I, I, unless something changes, I could see Cooper Rush and Will Greer competing for the backup job because they don't cost a lot of money. I mean, Cooper Rush is set to make just over a million bucks this year. That's perfect for their for their cap situation right now. Do they need to look for an upgrade? I would say yes, just because if you lose if your quarterback goes down like in twenty twenty, look what happens. Don't you hate paying for insurance every month? Car insurance. But you do. You better do it. You hate it, right? Yeah, I hate it. But I hate it. Comes a such. It hits me for like two forty a month. Two forty a month. Two forty a month. Who's your insurance with? Dude. No, we have to talk about that. No. Hey. <laughs> we're in the Geico studio. Yeah, you, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like two forty a month. Yeah, right. So, but I hate paying it. But guess what? I do it. 
Because if, if the worst case scenario happens, I need to know that I'm covered. I love that you said that. And I think that right now we're suffering from a little bit of recency bias because Dak did play through the season. But if we were in 2021, we'd be talking about this completely different. Absolutely. And I think we had the the conversation about it because we were so nervous after seeing Ben Nucci man. Nucci. All right. Cooper Russian. Who's my uh, yacht Gilbert? Yeah. All right, Gilbert. Double G. Double G. G, G, G in the I mean, so imagine that. So we go through a season where Dak gets injured. We have to see Cooper Rush come off the mat, and he does get us a victory. But still, we understand those seasons where something has happened. Dak is now having, you know, cleanup surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. He had the injury on his calf. There may be other things that we don't know he about. Mi- missed all of training camp with the right shoulder. Come so on it now. doesn't have to necessarily be a terrible, horrific injury that like he had in 2020. Just little stuff where – if you lose your quarterback for three games, could decide your division. So that's what seating, I'm saying. Whatever. No, I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. Let's not act like it's all good. Let's not do that. So, I mean, if you have an opportunity to go out here and get a guy that's been in the league for a while, i.e. a Mariota, somebody like that, Mariota, uh, do you go and get that tier of a quarterback? Not saying that he has torn up the league by uh, any sort of the imagination, but again, he's probably a guy that pushes. You get somebody that you know can handle the job if you're put in that situation. I don't think that it has to be somebody that pushes you. I, I do think it needs to be somebody that the team respects and has full confidence in that they can step in and fulfill their role as the backup, i.e. Kansas City situation. Chan Hitties, 172 years old. I played with him in Jacksonville. He's still around backing up who? Freaking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Why? Because he's a, he's a sure thing. There's no question marks. He knows how to run the offense. The guys respect him. He's good to be around. He's knowledgeable. He can throw the ball. He can make all the throws. He can do everything he needs to do. Is he going to push? You were talking about a quarterback. Who was that quarterback you were talking about last season that did come in and win a game for a team? Oh, man, I think it was – I can't think of his name, but you were talking about a backup quarterback, one of the guys that that you had just recognized. My bad. No, you're good. You're good, man. But it's important. It's important. And I think that the Cowboys are fooling themselves if they think that they can go into another season not having that secured. Or they feel good about it. Maybe – they just are that confident in their backups in something that we just haven't seen much of. And I, that, that might be the yeah. case as well. I could be wrong, but I just, I, number one, I, I can't see them. Like, Andy Dalton fell in their lap, yep. you know, because he's from here. But even so, I, they spent, like, gave him a $3 million deal that could have gone to five or something like that. I just don't know if they have that kind of change anyway for that position. But I definitely could see them saying, look, Cooper Rush won us a game last year. Another year in the system. He's good with Kellen Moore. Will Greer was coached by Doug Nussmeyer. Like, they're comfortable with those guys. I could just see that happening. So, right now, you are comfortable Ooh. with saying stat quo. Who's you? Everyone in the room at the desk. No, no. I'm, I'm not. No. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. no, we're, we're just understanding what the Cowboys are doing. Yeah. yeah. That okay. doesn't mean that we're necessarily comfortable with it. Chris Beam, come off the top rope right now, man. I, I, I'm one. Tell me, like, are you okay at the backup quarterback position? Or are you saying, look, we, we're going to go stay – with Cooper Rush, or do you think we need to do something more uh, in free agency to bring in a capable backup? Well, Coop's fine, I think. Because, I mean, Coop won a game for you. All you needed a guy come in and win one game, right? Yep. No? Yeah. I mean, we're, like, that's what I'm saying. Chase Daniel is probably who you're thinking about. He he was with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs for a while, then it went up with the Chargers, correct? Yeah, but Henny has started games in the league. Yeah, kind of yeah. like Dalton. You know, you put you get a guy like that as your backup. That's a pretty good situation to be in. It's the guy. He has the mustache. Like, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My guy um, from oh, from Jacksonville. Oh, uh, he's not in Philadelphia Minshew. now. Minshew, Minshew, competitor. Yeah, freaking competitor, yeah. dude. So that's what I, that's what I mean. A yeah. guy like that Love that you know that's a complete competitor. A guy Love you know can come off the mat. He's going to do everything that you need. Top rope. Yeah. He is your guy. But real quick, guys, before we get out of here, the competition committee is meeting again. And they're talking about the overtime rules. And they want to change it. They want to change the overtime rules. Can they change kickoff at the process? I want to see freaking kickoff actually get returned. Well, they're just trying to save people from being well, able to. Take it out to, of the game. You know, <laughs> come on now. Let's co- they took it out of the Pro Bowl. Sorry, I got, I got, I got distracted. It just frustrates me. It just frustrates I, me. There's no like point of kickoffs no more. Play nice, Isaiah. I'm trying. I'm not a very – I'm direct. Okay. So, the, the, the com- <laughs> competition <laughs> I mean, committee – How many did they have this year? Is looking into overtime. 
And they are trying to figure out if a way to give both teams an opportunity to score no matter what because of the Kansas City-Buffalo game. I guess no one ever wanted that game to end. They could still be playing right now for fans <laughs> if they care, really. Is that why Kyle is in Indy? Did he go up there just to deliver that proposal? Like, Maybe is that so. Him? Is he in the meetings with Maybe so, because you know he was one of the people that was definitely saying that he wanted that. But how do you guys feel about that uh, in, in overtime? Uh, I've turned around on it. I used to, when we brought it up, and Kyle went on his. I mean, it was like a rant for ten minutes about it. Uh, I was like, I don't really care. I mean, it's fine. You know, they already adjusted it once. But I saw some stat about the percentage of teams that get it first when there is something to it. There's data behind it that maybe you know, let's make this more fair for both teams to have a shot. You know, this league I, I, is so. I'm, I'm okay with the rule change if they do it. This league is so offensive driven that is making me sick. It really makes me sick that people even are even considering that. Like, whatever happened to putting your defense on the field and getting a stop? Is that is that is that a far gone conclusion that that could happen? And that and that happened the next week. Come on, though. The NFC Championship game. It went to overtime. Kansas City won the toss. They. Was it three and out, and then Burrow got the ball back, and they won the game? It's a, it is doing it though would be a closer step towards college with the twenty-five yeah. yard line and all that, which yeah. I think is really exciting. I used to think it was kind of oh tricked up in the beginning, but now I think it's really cool. I, you still on the side of yeah, whatever? Who cares? There's pros and cons to it all. Yeah. If you keep going to the point where everybody needs to get a shot, these games will never end. I, and, I think that yeah. The reality is the only reason why they're not doing those doing that is because of TV. They have to. They have time frames that they have to get off the air. That's the reality. Yeah. Because the next games are starting. Because the next games are starting. Money runs this world, and money runs football. And if they change this rule, I am just. I'm not going to be livid, but I think it's just going to what I already know about the NFL. They want to give the offense the competitive advantage always, and they're just dumbing it down because oh my god, it's not exciting unless the offenses are throwing for 700 yards a game. Oh my god, let's throw it 60 times a game. Give the fans something that they want. Anyway, guys, I'm going to end this thing by just saying thank you for rocking with us for an entire hour. It flew by. Uh, we'll be back in the studio next Tuesday. And tell a friend to tell a friend that it's TCT, Talking Cowboys on a Tuesday. And I'm out. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!